Welcome everyone again to SaltCast. I'm Bob Turner and I direct the program at the Sunset International Bible Institute known as SALT, the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training. And I am thankful again to have with us Joe Wilkie. Welcome, Joe. Thanks, great to be here. Well, it's great to have you. And our previous two sessions have been so insightful and so helpful. The information is, is gonna be beneficial to everyone who hears it. And for those who are just joining us, if you have not, uh, seen those previous two uh, podcasts, I encourage you to go back and listen to those. Uh, those will be very foundational for the direction that we're going to be looking at today. One of the areas we talked about in the last session involved uh, someone getting help and what they need to do in order to get some help. And I, I mentioned to you about resources. And if you would, what are some resources? Uh, not everybody's going to be able to see a counselor, but I know there are other resources that are available. Uh, what kind of resources would you suggest? What other areas would you suggest that would help people who are dealing with some sort of a sexual addiction or pornography? Sure. First ones, first things first, you got to get covenant eyes, get accountable on your screens. That's where most of the people specifically smartphones. Um, that's where most of the people are accessing pornography. And so the reason why covenant eyes cost, I think it's, it's $15, but the reason why is they're ahead of the game in every single way. And so specifically for that, you can do free ones. Watch, um, you know, canine. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of them. Go with Covenant Eyes. They have screen accountability on their computer. You pop in a DVD that's not supposed to be there. Think, well, I'm not on Wi-Fi. It's not going to catch it. You know, it's not, it doesn't matter. It's taking pictures of your screen, sending it to accountability, uh, accountability partners. Um, you get something on your, on your email and you're scrolling through, not on Wi-Fi. It's still doing it, right? So screen accountability is huge. For the mobile game, the mobile aspect, they have what they call a VPN, which let's say you're using their app and you decide, well, I got Safari or I got Chrome or I got another browser. I'll just pop on that other browser and it's not on the Covenant Eyes. How are they going to track that? The VPN allows them to track it. Now, it won't block it necessarily, but it will send that report to your accountability partner. They make it increasingly difficult to get around it. And just one quick word that does not solve the problem. Do not think that specifically like for parents or wives, put it on there. It's all good. It didn't change the heart at all. Now, first things first, we've got to put up roadblocks. If, if, if I can run all green lights to porn and I have the addiction cycle, I'm in the addiction cycle and it's all green lights, it's going to be super easy. But the more roadblocks I can put in the way, the more red lights where we have to stop and think about it, that's what we're looking for. And so um, Covenant Eyes, you got to download that, get screen accountability and make sure you pick some good accountability partners. Identify your triggers, understand your triggers. That's another big one. Um, what sets you off? It could be being home alone. It could be a certain smell. It could be emotions. There's emotional triggers. When I'm sad, when I'm stressed, I run toward porn, when I'm bored. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many different triggers. It's, it's physical, it's emotional. Um, it's, it's things that you think of and, and maybe even it's opening the, opening the computer and you're so used to maybe going to porn sites that the very opening of a computer sends your brain to porn, which there's a whole, there's a whole psychological and, and brain aspect of that, that, you know, Delta plus B you get into and such. And, and that's very technical, but our brains are wired to go toward those things. And so understand your triggers and then start avoiding those, start getting rid of them. If, if you struggle home alone, don't be home alone. I mean, when I was going through this, my mom, I told my mom and dad, do not leave me home alone because I know I'm going to go toward that. I, I do not want to be here by myself. And so my mom may have been running to the store, be gone 10 minutes. So take me with you. Just take me with you. Right. Um, 
if there's an app that you're getting it through, oh, I don't want to, you know, you're going through a certain app. I don't want to get rid of this. This is my favorite app, whatever it be. Maybe, you know, Instagram, you're seeing some things. It's nothing, nothing super explicit, but if you're finding yourself struggling, delete it. I mean, again, you have to just want this more than anything. Delete it. So yeah, understand your triggers, have a killer instinct. You got to kill this thing. And the other thing that I tell people is specifically for guys, we have this brain. We want to figure it out. We want to figure out ways around it. We put covenant eyes on, we're going to figure out a way around it. What we eventually want to get to is where it's more fun to shut those things down, down than to actually use them. Right. And so your brain immediately goes to, how can I get around it? And you go, ah, here's a loophole. Boom, shut it down. You start feeling good about that. You start actually associating the shutting down of a path toward porn with the same emotional high, the emotional spike that you get. It's real crazy, but that's the way that it, that, that our brains kind of wires when we can make it almost fun to shut those things down. And right now you're thinking that's ridiculous. It actually works. It, it does happen. And so um, develop the killer instinct. But yeah, I would say those are the main things is, is triggers. And of course, the obvious one, if you have Playboy magazines or whatever, throw them away. You have to get rid of every bit of pornography in your house. Well, you mentioned this idea of accountability partners, and I, and I know that's how it works with Covenant Eyes. I've, I've been an accountability partner for students in the past who are struggling with addictions. And so from that standpoint, if I as an individual know that maybe it's uh, a friend, somebody at church, maybe it's, you know, even a family member of some nature, and I know they're struggling, what can I do? Maybe they're not you know, maybe I've approached them, they're denying it, uh, but I know that they're struggling with it. What can I as an individual know that's the best thing for me to do in order to help them or to help them get the help they need? Yeah, there's two different approaches. If they come to you, you approach it much different than if you find out and how you plan to approach them. I'll give a brief kind of what to do for each. If they come to you, you have to be 100% open to it. There can't be a, oh, that's gross or what, or, you know, be freaking out because that sends them right back to the shame cycle. Mm. You just told them the shame that I've been feeling and I worked, this might've been the hardest thing I've done all year, getting up enough courage to tell my best friend about it or to tell somebody about it. And you being the accountability partner, if you respond with like, what? That mm. immediately shoots them back down into shame and they go, I knew it. They're going to, they're just going to reject me. Do not reject them. Understand that this is common and that a lot of guys struggle with this. And so if they come to you, accept them, get on a schedule. One of the biggest problems I think of accountability partners is it slips their mind. You're not used to being an accountability partner and the month goes by and you're like, Oh yeah, man, how are you doing? How are you doing? Has things been going well? I've actually been really struggling. People that are in pornography, you know, porn addicts don't always want to be the one to reach out, especially after they've fallen. So that's something we try to teach them is, is reach out after, you know, before you fall. But if you do fall, you got to reach out. A lot of them don't. If you're reaching out to them and it's a scheduled thing, hey, 7 p.m. on Tuesdays, I'm going to be calling. We're going to figure out how that's going or maybe two or three times a week. Discuss the best schedule. Set an alarm. Set an alarm. Um, you don't want to miss one of those because you miss one, you miss two, you miss three, and you're a month out and the person's been struggling all month. You feel bad about it. They're not any better. And so, you know, be very intentional in what you're trying to do. And your job is not to do the gotcha. Your job is... It's to unconditionally love them through what they're going through because that's what they need the most is to say, hey, brother, I'm here for you. You felt, okay, how did you access it? What were the triggers? What caused this? Let's figure out how to get rid of it. So if they go to a certain app, say, what are we going to do to delete that? 
How can, can I set restrictions on your phone? I'll have your password and make sure that you don't have the app store, whatever it is, right? We want to be thinking about how we can help them and unconditionally love them through it. Understanding this is a marathon, the same sprint. They're not figuring this out next month. Sometimes this took years to get into. It's going to take years to get out of, um, you know, not that, that you're not going to experience victory. You might be feeling great after a month, but in terms of it going away, accountability partners just need to temper their expectations. I think on the other side real fast is just, if you know that they struggle with it, if you try to talk to them, they may still be in the shame cycle and they might lie to you. And then you're going to, you're going to be real frustrated that how could my friend lie to me about this? You have to understand they're not in a place where they've humbled themselves enough to admit it. And so we still want to confirm with someone say, Hey, I understand this is a problem. I'm here for you. I love you. Let me know if you need some help. Give them some time to think about it. Don't expect them on that time to go, Oh yeah, I need help. They're caught off guard. They're freaked out. They're thinking there goes my reputation. There goes everything. You know, my pride, they weren't ready to have it ripped away today. Let them know you're there for them. Let them know that, you know, you're praying for them. Please reach out to me. If they don't after a little while, I would continue. And I would just say, not meaning to pry, but I'm still praying for you. Just want to let you know I'm still there. How are you doing with that? You know, and they might, again, they might lie, but we got to be a consistent presence of love and support and light in their life because that's what they need. And don't be surprised if they lie and they try to run from it because they, again, the shame cycle keeps people in such fear that they think they legitimately will lose everything if, if they talk to you about it. Um, so just, just be open to them is what I'd say. So let's bring it a little closer to home. Same, same approach, same concepts, but there are two areas, obviously, uh, in the home environment that we need to have an awareness of this. First of all, let's, let's talk about spouses. So as a husband and a wife, let's say, uh, the wife finds out about the husband or the husband finds out about the wife being involved uh, in pornography or, you know, some area like that. What can they do to how should they approach their spouse? What can they do in that situation that's going to help them really save their marriage and not go down that path that ultimately can? And I've seen in the past it it separate them. But how can how can they approach this situation? For wives, you have to understand a very basic thing. This is one of the most difficult things. It's a basic concept, but it's one of the most difficult things to believe. And that is your husband is not run to porn because you are not sexy enough, because you are not good looking enough, because you are not enough for him. Okay. There's not about that for wives. They have to, it, it, it breaks them down. We know that porn does this. There's tons of statistics. It breaks them down and, and specifically in their self-esteem and they, I just feel worthless because my husband can't love me through it. What really comes down to is your husband is not loving himself enough through it. He is allowing a cheap form of intimacy to enter the relationship. And so a lot of people think he's, he's cheating. And I get that. I understand that there's a lot of betrayal. There's a lot of grief and hurt um, for wives. Take some time to process that. Maybe find a counselor, find a close confidant friend that you can maybe work through some of those things with, because the initial thought is I'm going to go in and bust him on it. Again, he's in the shame cycle. He's going to lie. That's going to drive the, the nail further. And you say, my husband lied to me. I can't trust him. People don't do good being called on things, especially when it's something so private and so, so difficult for men to discuss. Figure out your emotions, talk to a close friend, talk to a therapist, work through some of the grief on your own, develop a plan with whoever you're dealing with. If you have a mentor, that's perfect. Develop a plan of how you can talk to your husband about it, how you can approach the situation for husbands you got to understand the wife's hurt. you got to understand 
that that she's coming from a very emotional place and that she feels very betrayed. You have to listen to that. You cannot, you know, try to sweep it under the rug, try to downplay it, try to make them feel at fault. It's not the woman's fault. It is a man trying to find, trying to fill that hole we talked about in the first session. It's a man trying to to fill that gap in his life with porn instead of with his wife, instead of with God, instead of with friends. He's got he's missing something and porn is providing that temporarily. He's been lied to. He's been lied to by society and by porn. But that's what is going to help him. To the best of your ability, work through the emotions and then love your husband through it. And that's really difficult. But loving your husband through it and saying, I'm here for you, but we have to change. For men, if your wife comes to you and if she has that, you better try a thousand percent because I think that's the hardest thing is when women approach their husbands and their husbands either don't care or they try to hide and lie about it and they don't want to deal with the hard issues. Um, so for the addict, I would say you've got to be open to it. You've got to understand she's dealing with a lot of grief for the wife though. Again, you don't want the gotcha, you know, busted. You want to come in and say, this is a problem. It's tearing us apart. And it specifically affects marriage because I look at it. I know we're, you know, not to, not to run over on time, but there's this idea as I talked about of intimacy and I look at it as a triangle and you have on the bottom spiritual, that's gotta be the foundation. Porn cracks everything. It's, it's, if you think about it down, it's pies, physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, the fit the physical part, which is sex is the pinnacle of intimacy. It's what feels amazing, but it's also the smallest section up there. It's not supposed to take over the entire life. Porn crumbles everything because it crumbles the spiritual that you have at the bottom. It crumbles the emotional. You don't want to talk to your husband because you know the intellectual. You don't have to deal with it. And you will not be fulfilled sexually either because your husband's going to be, you're going to be thinking about what he's seen and he might be thinking about porn as well. Porn crumbles everything. And so the best way to handle this is we often think that if we can just get him to stop porn, a lot of times those marriages need work on the spiritual aspect and build their way up spiritual, emotional, intellectual, and physical. And so if you can build up that way, they have a much better chance of survival than when you're trying to, to build down. Well, and let's, I'm sitting here thinking, I've never heard that before. I love that pies. That makes such great sense. Uh, while we're still on the family and, and we've got a little time to talk about this, I, I really want to explore and, and get you to share some thoughts about as a parent, if I find out that my child is involved in some sort of pornography, and I think that's kind of where it begins, especially with children at whatever age, they, they begin looking at pornography in some way, whether it's a friend of theirs said something about it, or they, it just came up on, on a computer screen or whatever it is. How do parents deal with that in an appropriate way that's going to really help that child? And, and I like the way you keep reminding us that, you know, if we don't respond correctly, it just drives them back to the shame and, and doesn't produce what needs to be done. So how can parents deal with this? It is a similar way. And exactly as you just said, you can't guilt people out of it. You can't shame them out of it. You can't screen them out of it. You can't spank them out of it. The only way is to get it to the heart and you have to understand what's going on in the heart. The first thing for parents to know is you're going to freak out. Do not freak out in front of the kid. If you find out, go in the bedroom, same as the wife. Process your emotions on your own. If you process it in front of that person, again, it drives them further into it. And chances are they're never going to talk to you again about it. And if you try to talk to them about it, they're going to lie. 
I did the same exact thing. You lie and lie and lie and lie because it's easier to lie about it than to actually have to deal with a person who might scream at you or who might be really disappointed and, and just, you know, you did it again type of thing. So as parents, you want to be open to it, process your emotions on your own, and then go and figure out how bad the situation is. Did your son view it once and run across it? Or is he, you know, and, and run across a, a, you know, picture of a woman in a bathing suit and, and maybe that's what he's struggling with? Or is he in hardcore porn and has been here for three years? That's a different approach. If you go in thinking, my, my baby is, you know, looking at terrible stuff, figure it out. Wait for it. Ask the right questions. Your, your job is to be, basically, this is, a, this is a, you know, exploratory mission. You want to be curious about what's going on here, what's going on in their life. And then say, how can I help? A lot of kids know instinctively it's wrong. And you can, even if you haven't had that discussion, they know it's wrong. They're looking for help. And if you become their, their advocate, if you become their, their confidant, their mentor, their accountability partner, and you're there for them every step of the way, understanding relapse might happen. That's so powerful because kids naturally look up to their parents. But so many times there's, a, there's this and the kid is scared to death to tell the parents and the parent then reacts and screams at them and then the kid clams up and, and, and then it becomes something private. And then it becomes something of control. And the kid now, he gets to control this in his life. And he might feel he's got no, nothing else. Mm-hmm. A lot of parents just want to strip away all control and, and, you know, you don't get a computer and take away your phone. And what does that do? Kid goes to a friend at school and grabs another phone. I've seen this happen. Gets a, gets a friend at school to give him another phone. He finds it on there. He ends up... Um, you know, sneak it onto the family's family's computer. I've seen parents, I know parents that have busted their kid on, on the dad's computer, you know, looking at porn because he's trying to access it because they thought they took it away. Just because you took it away didn't mean you changed the heart. What you as a parent are doing is trying to drill into where's the heart at and how can we help? Right. You don't save them. God saves them. You need to turn them over to God and, and, and pray for them, but also lead them toward that and what that looks like, not shaming them once along the way, but understanding this is really difficult, especially at your age. You can't have the, not my baby. That's a lot of parents, not my baby. My kids would never do that. And when they do, they're shocked. Yeah. This is going to happen. It's not if, but when. Understand it. Love them through it. Be there for them every step of the way and become the person that they turn to every single time they see it because they know they got a friend and a confidant who's willing to help them. Right. Wow. I tell you, I, of the three sessions, I think this was the most rich. <laughs> they're all good. <laughs> but the material that you shared today has been really, really helpful. And I can't thank you enough. I appreciate the time, appreciate the expertise, and I know that it's going to be very helpful for those uh, who are listening. And for those of you who are listening, uh, Joe, tell them again how they can get in touch with you if they're seeking help and want to talk to someone. How can they reach you? Absolutely, yeah. Um, Joe Wilkie Counseling um, at gmail.com. Joe Wilkie Counseling at gmail.com. Just my name, counseling at gmail. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Okay. I'll make sure that we get that email address as well put uh, in the tagline for the podcast so that people can have that. But thank you again. And thank you for listening. Uh, We appreciate you tuning in to our SaltCast this week. And we have one more session. We're going to visit with Joe a little bit further about some areas that I hope you'll join us next week as we continue this discussion about counseling and dealing with uh, addiction in it. Thank you again, Joe. God bless.